0: Hey, this is AJ Vaynerchuk, and you're listening to On the Board Sports.
1: And welcome back to another edition of On The Board Sports. I am your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C. coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan here on Thursday. And it's a wet Thursday here in New York City, and I'm joined by the one and only Spencer controlling the ones and twos behind the glass here at Gotham Podcast Studios. But also joining us is a very special guest via the phone. He is a man that has written many children's books and some that have been on the New York Times bestseller list. He's also an actor, producer, but more importantly, is the community affairs advisor for the New York Yankees. I'm talking about the one and only Ray Negrone. Ray, how are you?
0: Uh, it's good to be on your show and thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, Ray. Thank you so much for sacrificing some of your time to come on. Our podcast really appreciate it man uh ray you know i've read your story but i'm not gonna play spoiler here for the people uh that have that don't really know about you so i'll let you have the floor how did your odyssey start first uh my
0: odyssey started on uh 1973 uh i was doing graffiti outside yankee stadium all of a sudden a police car drives up on the sidewalk it was actually uh, undercover uh, car or, you know, uh, it was a blue Continental. I'll never forget it. Two guys jump out. as Everybody starts to run and scatter. I'm caught. I'm put into a holding cell. They were getting ready to, to ship me over to the 44th precinct when all of a sudden one of the guys that caught me comes back and says, give me the kid. And next thing you know, they're. Walking me into the Yankee locker room, which at the time, as you open the doors, all you see is these bright white pinstripe uniforms. So it was like walking into Oz. And the man who, to me, was the Wizard of Oz was George Steinbrenner. That was the guy that caught me that day.
1: Mm -hmm. What was that like, having to talk to Mr. Steinbrenner at that time?
0: You know what? I didn't know who he was. Really? No, I just I thought I thought he was a cop. Remember, I'm you know I'm like sixteen, seventeen years old, right? And and I thought that he was a cop, and that was it. And it wasn't until after they given me the uniform and that he had left that the uh, equipment manager, the legendary Pete Sheehy, says, "You know who that was, right?" I said, "No." He says, "That's the new owner of the Yankees, George Steinbrenner."
1: Wow, that's pretty amazing, right there, and. From 1973, that was the the final year of the old stadium at that point in time before they exactly. moved to before exactly. they moved to Shea. Wait,
0: which is why we used to do graffiti outside the stadium because we knew that you know it was going to be going down, nothing real. You know what I'm saying? Yes,
1: yes, I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I wasn't around for that time during the 70s, man. But to be on that to be on that team, being around legends such as Thurman Mudson and Billy. Uh, uh, Billy Martin, excuse me, and uh, Reggie Jackson and even Bobby Mercer for, for, that, for that matter. Uh, what was that like? What was that like being, being on that team during that time for you?
0: Uh, it was a glorious time. Okay. It was an incredible time. It was a fantastic time. It was a time like an, I could never duplicate uh, to say that Thurman Munson, was he, he became my big brother. Reggie Jackson was my big brother. Bobby Mercer was my big brother. Even though there were certain controversies, certain issues, certain fights, the one thing that I can tell you to a man, they never tried to split me between the guys or anything like that. It was like I'm saying, we were a family and I was their little brother. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just like one brother doesn't like another brother. But, you know, you're all still brothers. And that's what happened here. Uh, I, what, if I did something for Reggie, I would do it for Thurman. I would do it for Bobby. It, I would do it for Pinella. I would do it for Gidry. I would do it for Catfish. It, it just didn't matter. I would definitely do it for Greg Nettles. You know, Bucky Dent, what used to be my roommate. I used to room with Mickey Rivers one spring training because they wanted me to keep him away from the horses. <laughs> you know i mean right you know it's just a lot of crazy and the funny thing was uh, when we went to when i when i was rooming with him we ended up going to the horse track more than he ever did before so i guess i didn't do that good a job
1: hey you developed a close relationship with him though with mickey rivers but out of all the ball players that you've been around who is the one player that really like that you were the closest to
0: I was the closest to Thurman and Reggie.
1: Okay, what was
0: that was like? Clo- because be- because of the fact, because of the fact that they had had that real controversy in '77 with the straw that stirs the drink, and Thurman can only stir it bad, that kind of stuff. So now I was really in a. In a, in a pickle because now I really have to show Thurman I'm there for you. I really have to show uh, Reggie I'm there for you. I really have to show the two of them. Hey, I love you. Absolutely. You know, and that was the thing because the, I loved them with a passion, with a passion. I mean, there aren't words to explain how much I love those two individuals.
1: Absolutely. Do you still do you still keep in contact with uh, Reggie every now and then? We just spoke last night. As a matter of fact, that's awesome.
0: We stay in touch. Naturally, it's never going to be like it was then because I was, I was a a kid uh, coming into my own. You Mm -hmm. know, I was, I was just getting into puberty. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was just getting into puberty, and uh, and just I, I was growing up. I was learning, and they were teaching me. You know. Yep. I mean, that's no one will ever understand how close we really were, you know, unless you read my book, Yankee Miracles and that, and that's not a plug. That's like one of the, for me, the, the most honest story ever told.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Ray, you've been writing books, you've been producing movies and you've been going out there and doing your thing with, uh, with Bat Boy, uh, the most recent play that you've come out with. Uh, what's that been like for you, producing Bad Boy, number one? And number two, do you have, like, a favorite book or a favorite movie that you've been involved with at all?
0: Uh, I just finished a movie uh, with Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello called uh, The Bottom of the Ninth. And uh, it was, uh, I was co-producer in it with the gentleman that produced Rocky, um, Bill Shardoff. And um, it was a lot of fun. And at the same time, you know, it, I I may have been almost a little bit over my head because I had to do all the baseball sequences for them. And uh, I had to hire all, like, all the different players to come in, actors who could possibly play, things to that effect. So, it, you know, it, it, it was a great time. And um, the story, everybody, when you see the movie right away, because it's a story of redemption. So right away, everybody's thinking it's just a part of Ray Negron. It's just a part of... Uh, what he came through came up with no it wasn't at all because my story you'll see someday on film and it'll it's you know you'll see the ad nobody knows what i lived. okay nobody knows what i lived except for reggie billy thurman and the boss absolutely and of course billy martin
1: absolutely legends in their own right right there to say the very least You know, you mentioned Mr. Steinbrenner. What was the relationship between you and Mr. Steinbrenner like?
0: Uh, He was a wonderful, wonderful friend. You know what I'm saying? He was someone that made me believe in in me. He tried really hard. Like, the boss could be a really tough, tough man. You understand? Mm -hmm. But because of where I came from and stuff, he really, you know, like, he did he never abused me he never like kicked the heck out of me he 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 dealt with me with very gentle gloves with kid gloves because he wanted to see me grow up right because of the my beginnings and where i came from like one time we took a ride into the Bronx and he saw where where i had lived and the people around me and all that kind of stuff and i guess he just took it as a project i, I became a, a uh, a proclamation project for him. You know what I'm saying? And the, the first of his of his so many that he did during his Yankee ownership.
1: A- absolutely, man. Hey, you mentioned it, you know, going going in there with Mr. Steinbrenner. Uh one of the things that the Yankees do a pretty good job with is giving back like you said and they do they do it in their own way with having Hope Week and other various events throughout the year. How special is it for you to be a part of it since you're the community affairs advisor for the New York Yankees?
0: Uh, the Yankees do a wonderful job with that stuff. Hope Week is incredible, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I like the fact that it all started with, with Mr. Steinbrenner. That all started with Mr. Steinbrenner. He was always... From the day one that I met him, he was always giving, giving, giving. Yeah, he could be a real tough egg, but you know what? He knew how to scramble those eggs in order to feed everybody, mm-hmm. and that's what I loved about him. And uh, and at one point, he had said to me, "You know, we do. Uh, uh, we have a, a community relations guy by the name of Brian Smith who does a wonderful job, et cetera, et cetera." He says, but, you know, you lived in those streets. I saw where you came from. I just want you to do what you do, how you do, however way you do it. And that's, that's how I do it. I don't, it's not like somebody gives me orders, marching orders to do this, to do that. No. Uh, if there's a situation like this past Sunday, there was a shooting. There was a shooting uh, of the police officers. Remember, I have two sons that are cops. Mm. And so, and that's my first thing Sunday morning after the shootings were on Saturday, Sunday morning. I was in the Bronx. I was at the church in Arthur Avenue. I was lighting the candles for the police to to please survive. And, And that's just walking the streets and letting the people know that, hey, I'm there, you know, and that's important to me.
1: Absolutely. The community is an important thing. Always remember where you come from, man. That's something that I, I won't forget, and that's something that you definitely won't forget either. Uh, right? what made you want to produce and
0: act? Um, you know, I always loved film. I loved movies. Uh, if you hear the wind, it's only because I'm out in center field here at Steinbrenner Field. I thought it was appropriate to do it out here as we're talking. And, you know, because this way I feel the boss per se. Thank you. But uh, but uh, I just I love the arts. And that was something that from day one uh, I wanted to do. I always wanted to be an actor. And I've been blessed that I've probably done over a dozen films. Uh, I've worked with the great directors of all time, including Francis Ford Coppola in the film The Cotton Club. And I have maintained some wonderful relationships with actors, including Richard Gere, who is one of the all time great actors who I love. And we have been friends for over 30 years. And Mr. Steinbrenner always like, you know, he just pushed for me to, hey, you want to do that? Go ahead. You want to do this? Go ahead. You want to write books? Go ahead. You know, and uh, as long as I had his support, I was always I was never afraid, never afraid to try things.
1: Absolutely man, absolutely. Uh when you were growing up, did you have a favorite Yankee growing up before before you got hired by by Mr. Steinbrenner? Did you have a favorite Yankee growing up?
0: The great Mickey Mantle. The you great- know, Mickey Mantle was my favorite. Mickey Mantle was my god. When Mickey Mantle retired after the 68 season, I cried like if somebody had died. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget I went to get the newspaper and and the cover set, Mantle quits. I just can't hit anymore, and I started crying like, forget about it. My mother was couldn't understand what the heck was going on. You, you know, Puerto Rican woman, you know, well, why why are you crying? I got I don't, I don't get this. Right? Who, who's Mickey Mantle? <laughs> you know, so M- Mickey was my guy. You know, Mickey was my guy.
1: Have you ever met Mickey Mantle in person?
0: Yes, I I, I we became friends. We became friends. Uh, you know, they always say you should never meet your heroes. And unfortunately, the day I met Mantle for the first time, the players I I, I understood how big he was because the players used to go to used to come to me as a bat boy. I had the responsibility of taking care of the players. Right. And I remember one player came to me and said, "Here, get Mickey Mantle to sign these two balls." So I I went over to Mantle. He signed the balls. Then another guy, hey, have Mantle sign this for me. They were, they didn't want to do it. They were afraid. So I did that like three or four times. On the fourth time, he threw the balls on the floor. And that's or Whatever he said. I don't want to say what he said. Right. And I ran to, to the back room. Like, I, I, dude, I was I, I was crying because it was, wow, Mickey Mantle just told me where to go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. You know? And, and Billy Martin. Saw what had happened, and he came in, and uh he uh, to the back room, and I was crying, and he said, "Hey, hey, hey, so you're gonna stop, you're gonna wipe your face, and we're gonna go back to Mickey Mantle, and uh, you're going to apologize to him." I said, "But I really didn't do it. I don't care. Well, I want to fix this. So let's go." Mm-hmm. And he took me back to Mantle, and then, and as we got back to Mantle, he said to Mickey. And Mickey, look who I found. And so Mantle, you could see, was feeling guilty because he like Billy had his arms around me. Mm-hmm. And so then he goes, Well, damn it, how many how many damn baseballs are you gonna come out with me? <laughs> and, and I said, Sorry, Mick, I'm sorry. And and after that, you listen, we became friends. Right. We be, and we would joke and we would joke about it, about the fact, hey, ten years later he was still remembering that I asked him for ten balls
1: that's that's amazing, that's an amazing story right there, man. you know never thought you'd you'd actually see the Mick get mad like that, but everybody has oh my God, everybody has their their moments yeah. right yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy no right there from an all time legend too um yeah spe- speaking of an all time legend uh Derek Jeter, what are your thoughts on him making it to the Hall of fame uh,
0: well you know what can i say he's uh he's a Hall of famer, you know he was great. All that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, Derek Jeter's a good guy and incredible baseball player and everything that he's getting, he deserves and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, the, the one big question I'm always asked about Derek Jeter is always, Ray, you was here when Thurman was here. Who was the better captain? And I say, please don't go there. Please don't go there. Right. You know, I say, I always say, Thurman was a man at the right time with that team. Nobody else, nobody else could have handled that situation and kept that team together like Thurman Munson did. You know what I'm saying yeah and, and, and that and that and that's the bottom line i'm not I'm not knocking Jeter as far as it's just different time, different type player. you know those are hardcore men in those days, you know. And these guys were different 30, 40 years later. Different, different breed of men. Mm
1: -hmm. Different times, too. Social media coming out. I can only imagine if social media was out there in the 70s, man, with with all that going on. You know, Howard Cosell saying the Bronx is burning over TV and you all the all the apartment buildings being burnt up for insurance money, everything like that. That must have been a crazy yeah. time growing up during during that time. I, I can tell you that my parents That's right. could tell me that. I know you could definitely, you know, say that for, for sure. Um Ray, real quick here. Uh, you know, it's been eleven years since the old stadium closed its doors. Do you miss the old Yankee Stadium?
0: Oh God, God. You know uh, you know, it's like that was my home. That's where I you know, when I was having my worst moment. I could always go to the stadium. The boss had it, whereas I could go to the stadium at any time, two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, and things were like not good for me at home or whatever the situation may have been. I would go back to the stadium. There were many times where I would walk, go, walk into the stadium at three in the morning and just go to sleep in there. Wow. There, I, I used to actually lay towels in the outfield. And go to sleep in the outfield. they wake up like around 6, 30, 7 o'clock in the morning. And then go into the clubhouse to get ready for the day.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing, man. What was your favorite moment of the old Yankee Stadium?
0: Probably Reggie's three home runs. You know, because I, I was so a part of it. You know what I'm saying? He hit the first home run. I asked him to take a curtain call. He said no. He hit the second home run. I went up to him. I said, Reggie, take a curtain call now. He said, no. I said, why? He said, Ray, I've had two difficult of a year with the fans here. I'm not doing it. I said, when you hit the third, this is the truth. When you hit the third, you will take a curtain call then, right? He says, you're crazy, but I'll do it. And all this stuff that I'm thinking, you can see it on the, uh, on the video. It's all, it's all there. You can see it. Yep. And so when he hit, when he hit the third home run, remember, he he hit three home runs on three consecutive pitches. Okay. Yeah. So after he hit the first one, the second one, I said, "There's no when he he was due up first in the in the top of the ninth. He was due up first, and so I had to I had to go to bathroom real bad. I've been holding it for innings. So I said, you know what? Let me run to the bathroom real quick, which was right there near the clubhouse, and, and and I'll do what I got to do and run right back. And the minute I put down my zipper, I hear the crack, crack. And Reggie had, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't finish my business. I had to put my zipper back up and run out there as quickly as I can. And again, you can go to the videotape and you see exactly what happened that day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You see, you see uh, Reggie Jackson afterward go out there and give the curtain call, everything like that. I, I remember seeing oh, the highlights. Hey.
0: You see me pushing Willie Randolph away from Reggie. And then I go to Reggie's ear and I said, you promise, Reggie, you promise. <laughs> so he looks at me and then he looks at the field and he runs out there. And then after that, if he hit a foul ball, he took a curtain call.
1: Yeah, that's 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 an amazing, amazing story right there. Ray. An amazing story. Absolutely. Uh, Right. Couple more questions here because I know you're a busy guy. You you're doing your thing down in Tampa, and thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, what's the one thing that you like to do in your spare time? One thing that many people don't know about you. Um,
0: basically, you know, I I write two columns. I write a column for New York Sports Day, and I write a column for Newsmax. So I, you know, I just like write. I like writing my stories. That's important to me. And I also like posting stuff. I'm big on Instagram. I I enjoy my Instagram posts because if I see something unusual or whatever, then I like to post it and just show people the aspect of uh, what I do every day.
1: Right. That's awesome. That's awesome right there. Uh, Right. Did you ever... Ever in your wildest dreams, say to yourself, boy, I'm working for the New York Yankees.
0: Every single day.
1: That's amazing. Every
0: single day. I, I, it, it, hey, this is my 47th season.
1: Okay? Mm-hmm. This is
0: my 47th season, and I still say, it. okay, I, I, I know how uh, how lucky I am to be a part of this. You know, I mean, it's not like it was when the boss was alive. Naturally, mm-hmm. but you know what? I don't, I don't take it for granted. Uh, and every day is about okay. How can I contribute to the Yankee brand today? Every day I say that. What can I do to make the Yankee brand better today, from the standpoint of people who are watching me, etc., what have you? And, and, and remember, I have, I have a. Re- I understand. I have a big responsibility to my people in the Bronx because the Bronx isn't, is a borough. It's the poorest borough in, in the, basically in America. And, and remember, a lot of the people that are there feel that they can't get out. And I like to show them that you can get out. You can get out. can't. It's not that you have to get out, but that you can do whatever you want if you try hard enough
1: absolutely absolutely always try and give your hardest no matter what man right how do the people follow you on social media Uh,
0: facebook twitter or instagram ray negron yanks
1: awesome man awesome ray thank you so much for sacrificing some time and coming on our show with us. no no
0: sacrifice at all it's a it's a privilege and an honor to be on your show
1: ray thank you again man we got to do this in person one day Definitely want to meet you, man. You, me you're you're, you're an awesome know. individual.
0: Thank you, bro. I appreciate you.
1: Abs- thank you, thank you for calling and doing the interview and in, at a in center field at Steinbrenner Field right now, man. Thank you again. I really you, appreciate you
0: got, it. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I'll take a picture and send it to you.
1: Absolutely, man. That would be great.
0: It, it, is this on? Uh, is this on? Uh, is this on? Uh, oh, do, do I have your cell number?
1: You do. You do.
0: Okay, so that that three four seven number?
1: No, it's the uh, nine one seven number that that you that I uh, shot you the text over before.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> oh, you know what? Do me a favor. Would you call me again so that I so that I have it? I don't know if, where it is.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, I'll call you after the show's over. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Thank you, Ray. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. Okay. Awesome, man. Thank you. That was the one and only Ray Nagrone from the New York Yankees, man. Truly an awesome guy to say the very least. And you talk about a guy that comes from humble beginnings and basically has taken the opportunity, becoming a bat boy and going out there and doing big things with the New York Yankees. Really, really great time. Uh, On that note, for everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, for Spencer, our wonderful producer, and for – The aforementioned Ray Negron, thank you, buddy, for coming on. I appreciate it. I am your host, Will Trucci, logging out. We will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.